Alright friends, welcome, welcome, welcome down the security rabbit hole. This is Raf for another down the security rabbit hole podcast. I have a very interesting topic for you all today. Uh, those of you that uh, that have been around a while uh, may have remembered the old uh, browsers of the browsers of your uh, NCSA Mosaic uh, is one of them. Netscape Navigator and all the other kind of cool browsers. But you know what? Browsers have come quite a long way. Um, and it's unfortunately still the way we see the internet for many of us, uh, and increasingly more so. Uh, even though apps promise to take that that burden all away from us, I don't think it quite happened the way they wanted it to. So, that being said, uh, I have a fun guest for you guys today, and, I, and we're just going to talk through this whole concept of uh, of the sort of the next iteration of what browsers are going to be um, and where that's all going. Um, uh, so, Scott Petrie, hey, welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. Happy to be here. And uh, you are with Authenticate. Yes, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Authenticate. We make uh, a product called Silo, which is a cloud-based browser. Excellent. And you are coming to us from beautiful Berlin today. <laughs> Let's put it as uh, I'm coming to you from Berlin today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Ger- Ger- the the, uh, the Germans, uh, much like my people over uh, in Eastern Europe, couldn't. You can't have a nice day because then we'd be happy. And what's that all that about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my wife's in the other room, so I should probably refrain from further comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, look. Um, the the whole concept of of the internet uh, and and as streamed through a device we know, commonly and affectionately known as the browser uh, has definitely changed the way we uh, we see each other. Uh, I, I always thought like Gopher would take over. Uh, I guess that didn't work out so well. <laughs> but those of you that are giggling right along with us uh, that means you've been around a while it's okay you're old um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah look uh, we went from um we went from text-based right and i think links is still around somewhere people mm-hmm. still use that mm-hmm. uh we went from sort of a text-based interface to the world you know shells and whatnot to uh, i remember using a um uh, an app, uh, an app. Ha, ah, that's funny. A program, uh, on my DOS machine, uh, when I dialed in many, many years ago called rip term and it was in gra- it was BBS in graphics. It, it was outrageous. <laughs> Uh, what is this witchcraft what is this we exactly you know it's kind of funny it was it you know people were like oh this is just this is just a fad it turns out that it was but but very shortly thereafter uh we got the world wide web the dub 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 uh and and it has (laughs) quite literally changed the way uh everything works so uh you've got some history in that I do. And in fact, uh, jumping behind uh, back prior to uh, even the web, you mentioned Gopher, which uh, was out of left field. But uh, 
Back in 1990, I was at Apple Computer and I joined a project called Newton, which was uh, still in the advanced technology group inside of Apple. And over the next three years, we worked to obviously uh, productize this thing called the PDA. Uh, But one of the projects I worked on was a gopher client for Newton. (laughs) So So I hadn't had not thought about that for years. Well, so look, there's still a you there's there are still legit user groups for Newton. I know. That's insane. How long has that thing been around? (laughs) Don't. Uh, I'm old enough as it is. I don't even want to think about it. Uh, we, we we did I, I we we did our first launch at CES. It was either I think it was 91. It might have been 90, but I think it was 91. Wow, that's that's some that's some pretty good tech that lasts that much time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so look, the, the the world's kind of changed, right? We we've uh, data um, is, is the new currency, and more importantly, uh, as we've seen in the news and and uh, in, in the tech news especially. Uh, but also on CNN, Fox, and everything else out there, um, you know, your browsers are spying on you uh, at the very least, because that's how that's how browser makers make a lot of their cash, right? They they push ads based on your browsing history, no matter what they seem to tell you. Um, and, and we're locked into this uh, this love hate relationships with that thing we call the browser. So mm-hmm. the protocols, the applications, the ports. Uh, I just don't think it, obviously, you know, it's not that I don't think, I know it wasn't designed for the way we're using it today. Um, so what's, what's going on? Well, it's, it is, you're, you're exactly right. It wasn't designed for the way it's being used today. And in fact, uh, Tim Berners-Lee, the, the inventor of the underlying infrastructure and the guy who coined the term World Wide Web said in a recent Vanity, Vanity Fair article, he was horrified at how the browser was being used, but, but it's become kind of this, acceptable risk profile or this risk profile that gets uh, 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 drowned out by the the inherent utility of the platform. So I I talk to CISOs in organizations or CIOs and I say, what if what if I could promise you the greatest productivity solution the world has ever seen? It will give you and your employees real-time access to any information you could possibly want without having to pay for it delivered in the loca- in the location and the language that you wanted and it would stay up to date as things changed you would be notified and and at the same time that same asset would give you uh, the ability to deploy applications that make your business run better whether it's back office financial processes or HR onboarding processes or you know reporting capabilities. Oh, and it can help your employees collaborate more effectively as well through mail, messaging, chat, docs, video conferencing, whatever. And it's largely free and you don't have to install a whole bunch of stuff in your network and you don't have to train your users in how to, in how to use it. The only thing you have to do is allow third-party code to enter your organization's firewall and arbitrarily execute on your endpoint. I mean, is that all? Well, I'm good. (laughs) Exactly. But that's the environment we're in, right? And a a CISO who's responsible for organizational risk or a head of a household who's thinking about his family online shouldn't be thinking about, I'm just going to let anybody in the world, you know, dump a bunch of, stream a bunch of code down to my environment for for my computer to execute. I want to be more controlled. I want to be more regulated. 
But these protocols that the internet is based on, the you know HTTP as a transport and HTML as a as a uh, encapsulation uh, protocol, the thing that the browser uses to communicate to a web page, were never designed with any form of security or content control whatsoever. It's it's anything that gets stuffed in that in in that payload will dutifully be executed uh, by the browser. And as we see, oftentimes in a useful manner, but oftentimes to hilarious effect. <laughs> I like how you say hilarious effect. Um, <laughs> because, look, over the last, I don't know, maybe 10 plus years, we've seen the evolution of Google Chrome. We've seen IE evolve. We've seen Firefox make great gains. There's a browser called Brave now that strips out all ads, kind of. Um, they, right. There's, there's, you know, we've got... Um, We've got all kinds of uh, important and interesting things that um, that we've you know content security policy and you know, cross site scripting protection and you know no script people used to use and and I and I loved it when, as a concept but in reality for practical everyday use it's, it's impossible um, so there's you know there's ad blockers and the browser has become the battleground for the. Uh, uh, for the user, I mean, it, it's that's how you're going to win or lose in the security space. Yet, right? Yet we spend money on in security. We're spending money on uh, you know the the browser. Uh, what do we call those? Uh, forward, you know, reverse proxies, forwarding proxies, mm-hmm. uh, content secure web gateways, secure web gateways, and content filters, content filters yeah. like a million different things. And yet. The mm-hmm. fundamental thing that's broken, the browser itself, in the model that we use it, hasn't been addressed. So that that bugs me. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a there's a massive industry. I'm I'm speaking about a hundred billion dollar per year industry and growing at ten percent per Gartner to fight a rear guard action for code that's coming into the environment that we need to. Clean up, filter, assess, remediate—you know, uh, sandbox, whatever—and yeah. it is all being performed after the fact. And you're right; the browser is a battleground for that. It's a—you know—there's it's a—it's a healthy environment for the folks like, uh, you know, NoScript or Ghostry or or MuBlock or whatever to do their thing, um, because the underlying protocols and applications have been so corrupted by the other people trying to you know shove more potentially malicious stuff into the into the conversation that you're having with a web page well and it's not just malicious i mean yes malicious stuff because that's what people that's what bad guys do but but there's legit stuff that comes through there in 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 huge amounts because you've got um, let's see. We've got uh, you know we've had Flash for a while, which was both the greatest and worst thing to ever hit the web. Um, mm-hmm. We've have uh, all you could paint of, Java with the same brush. You, I'm not. I wouldn't call it the greatest though. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, perhaps perhaps maybe less great. Um, but there are there there are for every benefit there seems to be two or three negatives, uh, and. You know, we keep as developers, and you would expect this. They continue to add features and functions. Security people t- continue to go, "Oh hell, you can't do that," and they do. So, where do we go? Look, where does this all end up going? Because we, we've been saying this for probably close to five, seven years. We cannot continue this way. We can't continue to have and use a protocol in a way that it was never designed. Now that we've built 
um, to use an old money Python line. Uh, we used a, we built a giant castle on top of the sand. It's eventually going to sink or fall over, and mm-hmm. it's going to be a catastrophic end. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. not to be doomsdayish, but I mean, I can just—it's already going that way. How do we save ourselves? Yeah, no, I think I think you're right, and. The, the the one thing that's not going to happen is you're not going to have a coordinated update to the protocols across all the participants. It's just not going to happen. Look at something as sensible as HTTPS. Right? <laughs> you still have websites that don't force HTTPS. You still have people running browsers with legacy SSL libraries that you know aren't compliant with the new. Uh, the newer versions, you know, you you still have you have such a diversity of not just technical endpoints, but also motivations of the end person yeah. that there can be no there. Once the genie is out of the bottle, the genie's not getting back in. You're not going to be able to create a, uh, a post facto applied security and compliance layer on top of the browser. And I I agree with you organizations and I'm th- I'm speaking less to consumers because I think consumers make these decisions differently than uh, IT organizations do. But organizations are coming to terms with the fact that they may have to prevent their employees from accessing the web from work machines because it's too risky. They're going to have to fail closed. Now, you could argue that financial services firms or other regulated agencies have done this for a while, but they invest in a lot of technology to to, to try to support both use cases. You can do your... You can do your analysis work on public information sites, but you can't go to the gambling site because they've deployed a series of, you know, technologies like you previously mentioned, a, a content filter, a URL categorizer, you know, secure web gateway, whatever. But not every organization can do that. And 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 the fear is that the asset becomes so dangerous and so irritating that it outweighs the utility of it. An organization say, screw it, that's enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop using I'm going to stop using the asset, and we think that's bad. Well, so there, there's there's an end to this, uh, and, and I hope it I hope it doesn't get to that point because um, because we're not ready for what's next, are we? Like, so what what's what's what is the next? Where are we? Wh- how do we replace the browser without wholesale replacing the browser? <laughs> Yeah, well, I think you know the 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 thing that we do, I think, is is an is an interesting approach, uh, whether it's our version uh, or someone else's. But there is a movement in the market right now around what's called browser isolation or cloud-based browsers. The idea being very simply, I don't know. Do you do you ever work on your car? Uh, Twenty years or so ago, these things that doctors had became available at your hardware store or your auto supply store. They're called rubber gloves. Yep. And when you changed your oil, you didn't have to crawl around and get your hands off full of oil. You had these rubber gloves, and when you were done, you take them off and you throw them away. Yep. Um, this idea of an isolated browser or this idea of a of a cloud-based browser is a disposable browser that's used to render that web code, that suspicious web code. But in that rendering, in that displaying of a web page all of the page information is transformed or converted into just display information and delivered down to the endpoint hmm. so you get to get you get to interact with a remote view of a machine that's actually running the browser and that keeps 100% of all web code off of your device and outside of your organization and a whole bunch of other benefits like you know auditability and true anonymity on the web but the core idea is to say 
why on earth would you let any of that information into your network? You can't, you can't, you can't verify its legitimacy. So be prudent, wear your rubber gloves, you know, browse with a disposable browser and use that as the sacrificial uh, environment in case there's something that's inappropriate, right. malicious. So how, how's, so Scott, how is that different from, um, I can't think of the company name. They, they had like the uh, virtual browsers. Um, oh God, why can't I think of their name? Well, I, I don't know who you mean, but I'll tell you, it's not a new idea. The concept of virtualization has been around forever. Uh, Citrix, you know, VMware have done virtualization platforms. Yep. You, know, you go on WebEx and you're using a virtual meeting room. Yep. Um, you know, uh, when you stream a Netflix film, it's you're not really getting the movie. You're getting a virtualized uh, rendering of that movie, you yep. know. So this idea of the of the the browser running on a remote host is not inherently new uh, and that's why i say it's 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 not just about us i mean i think we do some innovative things in the space but the idea of running the browser on another computer is a is a prudent alternative to failing closed and saying no i'm not going to let any of this web code into my environment right, i'm so, not going to let my people get access to the web so let's let's talk turkey cuz i want i want to hear kind of how you guys do things over at over authenticate because it's different than I mean I think when most people think of um, safe browsing and kind of the way we started talking about it right uh, they think of like incognito mode and that's not the same thing. It's not even close. Right. So that's just so your wife doesn't see where you visited on the web. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> but you have a good point. Um, no. So it's 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 essentially. It's making sure that you only get the presentation piece, right? And that's that's protecting against a very specific, uh, or a specific or a range of of attacks, right? Absolutely. Um, and depending on what you do and what your base is, you can expand the aperture of that protection to include things that you might run in your native browser, as you mentioned before, things like a NoScript or a Ghostry or a cross-site scripting uh, heuristics or things like that. So our, our, our belief is that, you know, the browser that runs in the cloud should be different than the browser that runs in your local environment. And I won't belabor you with the sort of the ecosystem, but where you see a virtualization company launching a browser in a virtual container, it's exactly the same browser as you would normally get, i.e. or Chrome or Firefox, whatever. Mm-hmm. When we looked at this market, we didn't come at it from an inherent security market. We actually came at it from a from the perspective of you know, maybe you could say a more holistic definition of control. Not only do I want to have a secure browser, but I also want to make sure that inappropriate stuff isn't downloaded to my environment or my employees can't steal information if it's proprietary information Hmm. or i want to make sure that you know shift workers have windows of time or quotas by which they can use certain aspects of the web so it doesn't have to worry about are people wasting their time or actually doing their work you know i want to be able to access it from a variety of different devices uh or uh network environments and get access to my same profile, my same bookmarks, my same credentials, hell, even the session that I left when I closed it last. So we really built this browser not thinking about it as just a, you know, empty container running on a virtual system somewhere. We thought about what would a, what would a, if I were to use one browser and get at it from anywhere in the world, 
you know, how would I want it to work? And if I had an IT team that wanted to control or a, a father, you know, who managed a family who wanted to control how people stayed safe online and how information was protected online, what kinds of policy controls would you embed in it? So we looked at the browser in a, in a, in a different way than just this renderer for web pages. We started with that. Uh, we're based on the Firefox, you know, the, 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 the Mozilla Foundation's uh, 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 code, uh, but we've extended uh, the the browser to include a variety of things, you know, script blocking things, safe search uh, APIs that you know certain vendors provide, URL categorization capability uh, for policy control. We have the ability to store and manage credentials for single sign-on to websites. So not only do you have one browser, but you have one place where you can choose to store credentials if you wish. Mm -hmm. Or if your IT manager wants to provision credentials to a particular uh, 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 set of cloud applications. We have policies that allow you to set access controls, authentication, you know, multi-factor authentication, um, uh, data use policies, a full litany of things that you'd want if you could say, if we were to define the web today with the need, with understanding the the untrust, the inherently untrustworthy and unsafe nature of web code, how would we, def and, and, and the need for it to be a managed asset in business, how would we, how would we build uh, the internet? And we embedded those controls into the browser. Hell, Rafael, one, one last thing is, we even allow users or uh, organizations to encrypt their data with a key that they control, so their public key, and administrators can log what users are doing, you know, and put compliance notices up in place so they can, so they can basically start to uh, implement some of the, the governance requirements that people need to have in the web, not just the inherent security issues, but if you think about a world like, you know, post-GDPR, where ownership of data uh, a chain of control of data, of user data, and you know proper geographic restrictions and disclaimers for users regarding their data are important. We even have those kinds of controls built into the browser. Hmm. So you guys are so this isn't just. I, I mean, everything you've just listed. This is not just a very simple. Um, hey, we're gonna virtual. We're gonna we're gonna do a presentation, a, a Citrix like yeah. uh, thing for you. You guys are. This is a, as a company, you're including a tremendous amount of stuff with it. It's a it's a bit of a cross to bear uh, because there's no market for this. Right? There's no there's no <laughs> budget there's no budget line item for uh, a secure cloud browser. Um, the the organizations have you know sort of seeded either control of how people use the web or they look to a cocktail of of uh, cybersecurity vendors to layer in some of the things that that you mentioned previously that we talked about previously. There's really no comparable for us. Uh, the nice thing is we have you know nine granted patents around our ability to configure and manipulate the browser, which is cool. Um, but you know we're we're encouraged though that there are other vendors in the space that are doing well as, 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 as we are. And we're encouraged to see that more and more organizations are moving into this world of this cloud browser. You know, you have the Gartner analysts that are talking about it now. And Neil McDonald over there famously says, you know, get the browser out of the cesspool that is the internet, in his words, you know, when he talked about browser isolation. So it's starting to become a category. And, and our hope is that the browser is not just the same thing running on another host, because 
that's eminently corruptible as well, right? Mm. We think that the future here is a hardened browser running in an isolated container that includes the the productivity capabilities that people would like to see natively built into the browser. All right, so how do you change the attitude then? Because uh, I have a browser on my phone, I have a browser on my laptop, I'm ashamed, I'm a little scared to say that I have a browser on my TV. Yep. Um, you're not just going to, like, what do you replace, how do you replace it? I mean, how do you change yeah. the behavior of somebody just natively going in and, 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 and clicking? That is the hardest thing. This is not a technology discussion. It is not a do you want to be safe discussion. Our, our biggest challenge in, in reaching the market is changing that behavior model. You have to click a different icon. Or you have to, you know, you have to integrate a different, uh, 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 you know, URL redirect at your gateway. You, we are changing behavior, and you know, people don't like change. Now, once you get over that change hump, it's incredibly useful. I mean, I'm in Berlin now. Uh, I also have a residence in California. I don't. I don't need to worry about a compute and then compute device at any place. I can get access to all of my personal information, my work information, et cetera, because my silo uh, profile, it's available from here on this computer, which is just a pane of glass. It's available from home. If I stop in the, uh, you know, the, the pre-flight lounge and I want to get on, you know, a uh, uh, check email from my computer instead of my uh, iPhone, I can get uh, to my silo profile from those kinds of devices as well. So there is a there is a a better world there, but you do have to sort of cross the chasm of changing behavior. We think that things like strong credential management, uh, uh, the ability to save bookmarks and be able to get to those things securely from anywhere, we think anonymity is important. The ability to go around the internet. I mean, to say that. You know, you mentioned incognito mode, and there's a lot of people who believe that means true anonymity on the web. It it really doesn't. But, but to to put a point on it, with our anonymity, you're browsing with our computer. So anything you do is attributed back to us, not you. It's like, it's it's a it's a visceral uh, response to the anonymity question when you can say to someone, "Use our computer, not yours." Hmm. Interesting. So. How do you, at a, at a wide scale, um, deploy this thing, right? So you, I, I'd, hell, I'd like to take away all my employees' ability to browse their internet directly, but how do I take it away from them in a way that doesn't make them freak out that they're being mm-hmm. monitored, and and to actually get them to use the different, the the new, the new way? Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll speak to where we've been uh, successful in this, and 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 perhaps it's an example. There's there's one draconian. I mean, we sell, we sell to uh, we have a fair number of, uh, of of users across the U.S. Department of Defense, and and th- those those users don't get you know they they don't get a voice, right? <laughs> this is what's on the computer. This is what I use, and so that's that's probably not an example for an organization like yours, but what what we've done in law firms and financial services firms and healthcare firms in organizations where some principle of the organization's butt is in, you know, the line of fire. If there's a breach, I'm the guy who's going to take it or I'm the gal who's going to take it. And to that person, you know, who's contemplating shutting off the internet, we say simply take it away, shut down your traditional infrastructure, 
but give this to your users so they can preserve access. And that becomes a pretty simple change management process when an organizational leader says, you all know that the internet is risky. There are breaches happening all the time and we don't want to be on the t- we don't want to be the next headline. We're going to start changing our policy for how employees access the web. It doesn't mean we're going to filter you, maybe you do, maybe you don't, mm-hmm. but it means you're going to use a different browser and it's a specific browser that's hardened and anonymous and secure and it's not going to let you get in trouble and more importantly it's not going to let you get our company in trouble. So you can continue to get to Facebook or Hotmail or whatever. You can continue to click links, but those links are going to be rendered off of our network in somebody else's computer so you're not risking our environment. And when it's been couched that way, the deployments have been incredibly successful. We've even had contracts now with customers who have said that they want a they want a rider in the contract that says the users are authorized to use the work provided product for access to personal resources and they can get access from home. And we're more than happy to do that. That's part and parcel with the way we deliver the service. Hmm. Right? Make make people more secure. If I have my banking, you know, uh, online banking and healthcare information right next to my HR information that my company provides me, I've got a nice single container that's secure, and my IT guy can't get access to my personal stuff. Right? Yeah. That's uh, a nice. It's a nice way to make users more secure about everything they're doing on the web. Yeah. So ultimately, like I, I think, I think this could be much like. Uh, look, I think I said. I think I said this going back to when Citrix first originally became a thing. Um, the whole concept of virtualization, getting, uh, getting the endpoint to a place where it's dis- the the bad part is disposable. The good part that that you can interact with is just streamed to you, so that somebody can't. Uh, easily uh, manipulate it and copy it if if they were able to land on on your actual endpoint um, right. device, which makes I mean, there's the added benefit, right, of the fact it, that the endpoint is essentially uh, disposable. Sort of. Let me let me just give an example of, a, of one of our customers who's an accounting, a San Francisco-based accounting firm. Mm-hmm. They they virtualized their desktop with a vendor for exactly that reason. They said, we want better security. I don't want to run this stuff in my environment. So they they uh, deployed a virtual desktop for all employees, um, and they you know went through their due diligence and chose their hosting provider. One of the users using the browser in the virtual desktop tripped over CryptoLocker, if you remember CryptoLocker. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Crypt- CryptoLocker inserted itself through the standard browser APIs into that standard Windows virtual desktop and moved laterally across the standard Windows SMB protocols that were existing in that shared you know, pool of resources in that standard virtualization environment. And so their entire virtual environment got infected the same way the local environment would, would, would have gotten infected in the same situation. Right. So there's no inherently better security with just virtualization. Virtualization is a means to an end. It allows you to remove the hardware and the local environment from the equation. Uh-huh. But if you don't harden the applications or start thinking about APIs and what's integrated, then you're just shifting your exposure from point A to point B. Okay, that the makes way, sense. The way we've come at it is to say shift your exposure to point A and point B and make sure that the underlying protocols, the API access the browser has to anything else is completely stubbed out. 
There's nothing that can get out of that container. And in fact, the thing that you're connecting to from your local, you know, pane of glass, your dumb endpoint, is a completely proprietary, non-standard uh, encrypted display protocol. It's it's like a completely different uh, speaking a completely different language. So that mm. that that virtualization is the first step to get it off your environment. The 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 application hardening, so to speak, is a is a required second step. Interesting. Well, so all right. I mean, we've got a couple of minutes here to close this off. Where does where where does this all go? Um, look, let's pull out the crystal ball tip because I like to ask all the folks that we have that that you know that run companies that solve some some security you know, tr- issues. Where does this all go? Give us a twelve, eighteen, however far out you feel comfortable. Where where do we end up in in say eighteen months and two years? <sighs> I'm going to come side. across as a yeah. I'm going to come across as a pessimist. I mean. I don't think I don't think a lot is going to change in the next eighteen months, two years. Um, we are so addicted to what we get from these things that the the value to us uh, uh, overwhelms the perceived risk, if any. Uh, for those people who feel like they're not going to get, uh, they're not going to have an issue, they're not going to get exploded, then maybe they won't. It's a numbers game. Uh, for the people who do know that there's a real risk there, I think there's a fair segment of the population that says, I'm just doing the best I can. Mm-hmm. Can't do anything about it. Throw up my hands. And so, you know, this is why, this is why, we, you know, we think if there's a glimmer, you know, this, this idea of a, of a browser isolation movement to become more mainstream um, might get people to incrementally move off of use the browser for everything and don't even think about security, you know, just sort of live with it. Uh, I like to think that we're going to make some great inroads and, in, you know, across the commercial markets, but you know, the markets we, we're, we're dealing with change. And, you know, when you see that, you know, the largest ransomware exploit ever took root in organizations because they had, you know, port 119 on the firewall open, you know, the, the SMB port to get access to your printer from the internet. Like, mm-hmm. when, when you look at that, you kind of got to wonder and say, do people really want to be secured? Are they really trying? You know, do organizations really want to be secured? So I'm not trying to be pessimistic, Rafael. I don't think there's going to be a sea change event. I think exploits are going to continue. Uh, vendors are going to continue to try to sell next generation technology products, but we're very hopeful and are going to continue to try to push this concept of it's a cloud browser. Don't overthink it. Don't over-engineer it. Just make your risk go away by running the browser on somebody else's server. I like it. Hey, that, that, that's certainly uh, that's certainly one way of minimizing at least that portion of the risk. And I think, as we've identified in this conversation, there is lots of risk to be eliminated uh, by simply taking it off of the uh, taking it off the uh, off the actual machine or off the mm-hmm. actual endpoint. Whether again, whether it's your <laughs> whether it's your watch, your TV. Um, so, from a solution perspective, do, do you guys operate on like can I can I replace my TV browser with with what you've got? Uh, not today, but soon your Android-based TV would be able to, you know, download our browser from the App Store. So we have an iOS version. We run on all the traditional desktop platforms, and uh, Android will be coming at some point. To be honest with you, though, Rafael, our, our usage has been primarily for people using desktop browsers, not 
not the mobile browser. I think that'll change over time, but you know, the way we've optimized our application, we sort of we sort of build around the desktop use case, the more traditional um, but as we broaden into the consumer market and some of our more mobile customers ask us pull us into Android, uh, it's uh, it's certainly going to expand. Yeah, I suspect that uh, I suspect that you know we're going to start with the business case mm-hmm. uh, and work our way out. Uh, this is cert- uh, as much as I would like to believe this is a consumer solution that we can go backward that we can then push yeah. into the market uh, into the business market. I, I just you know you're right. I, I, I'm I'm going to be a pessimist with you for a moment and say yeah, it's yeah. going to be a tough one. People still smoke. Unfortunately, they do, sir. Unfortunately, they yeah, do. Yeah. Although we keep limiting where they can smoke and how often, so there's that. <laughs> uh, I think it's like uh, you know uh, between the hours of eight a.m. and eight oh six a.m. and not within twenty five feet of here. Right, not within twenty five feet of wherever you are. Uh, right, <laughs> right. Well, hey, look, I, I appreciate your time. Uh, let, let, before we let you go, um, give us a. Uh, how do we build? How do we come? People that are listening to you that go, I want to try this. I want to give this a shot. Maybe this is for yeah. me. How do they find you? Great. Yeah, real easy. Uh, just You can even launch a version of our browser uh, from within your browser right now. Just point your, 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 your Chrome, Firefox, Edge, Safari, sadly not old IE, but uh, you shouldn't <laughs> be using that anyway. You shouldn't be using that anyway. Uh, www, try silo now. That's T-R-Y-S-I-L-O-N-O-W.com. You'll see what we do. You can click a button. It'll launch a virtual browser, and you can hit the Reddit subforums from there, and the internet won't know it's you. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) And then on the internet, nobody knows your cow. Um, That's right. There's a a, a kind of funny that I said that. There's um, an article I saw uh, recently that had this kind of concept of anonymity uh, and where we've gone from like, you know, before nobody knew who you were. Now nobody knows, everybody knows who you are, and you can't escape. And so they had it had a picture of you know two panes of uh, of a uh, of a cartoon and the one it said you know it was a cow browsing you know it said on the internet nobody knows you're a cow uh, and and the other one it said you know today on the internet everybody knows you're a cow and yeah. it's got like ads for you know like cow based things I guess cow based yeah exactly yeah so, that's funny all right Scott Petrie, it's been true. a joy thank you so much for uh, for joining us um, any uh, any any other uh, tidbits or white papers or places you want to point people. No, from there they can find our corporate webpage and they can get all that stuff. So that's a good that's a good starting point. And and thank you for having me. It was a great conversation. I yeah, it. awesome. Thank you so much, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to give Silo a shot, uh, absolutely go do that. In fact, I'm going to go do that right now. Just give it a give it a whirl. See uh, see what 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 I can learn because. Uh, I'm, I, I hate I hate browsers. <laughs> I, I, just like you guys listening, I've got the same love hate affair with browsers. You know, I love the fact that it's there. I hate the fact that it it's, it terrifies me every time I open it. I go to click on a link to wonder what is going to happen. Um, I keep waiting for that uh, that old uh, was it 1970s 1980s you know whatever the hell uh, ad that was uh, or no, not even maybe later than that in the tablets that the, you know somebody can literally blow up your computer and like through a browser. <laughs> so all right. Scott, thanks again. Thanks, Rafa. All right, folks, thanks for listening. This has been another Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast with Scott Petrie from Authenticate. Give them a shot. Uh, This has been a fun browser discussion. If you've got anything to add, as always, hashtag DTSR, hashtag DTSR, Authenticate, the number eight. That's kind of how they roll. Uh, And uh, we'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening. Ciao. 
As we fade out on another Down the Security Rabbit Hole episode, we'd like to encourage you to chat with our hosts and guests using the Twitter hashtag PoundDTSR. Please check out the show notes, catch up on any episodes you may have missed, and subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. Our website is whiterabbit.net, W-H-1-T-3-R-A-B-B-I-T.net. So on behalf of Rafal, James, for now it's goodbye. We'll see you soon on another Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast.